Hello, football fans in Hamilton from coast to coast and around the world. This is the fifth quarter on AM 900 CHML, brought to you by Rob Golfie with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. My name is Rick Samprin, and yes, we are live for the next hour talking Tiger Cats football as the Cats will go down to defeat at the hands of those hated Toronto Argonauts with uh, just under 10 seconds to play. And the Argos handing it to the Cats. It's now 32-15. to 15. Hamilton will begin the season uh-oh and one. I say uh-oh because there are a lot of uh-ohs to talk about uh, in this evening's fifth quarter. You can call in and chime in with your thoughts at 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell phone. You can email rick at 900chml.com or all over Twitter at am900chml and at Rick Samprin. As we have done in the past years, we're going to vote for our player of the game each and every night. We will also nominate and anoint a fifth quarter fan of the night. So if you have some good comments uh, via the phone or on email or a, uh, a nice tweet uh, or at least a, uh, an interesting tweet, you can be uh, our fan of the night. Now, you don't win anything other than bragging rights. You can go to work tomorrow or you can go to school tomorrow and um, and say, hey, I was the fifth quarter fan of the night. That's how it's going to work. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell phone. I feel that I have to whisper because, you know, the cats really went to sleep in this football game. And I don't want to wake them up. I don't want to startle them out of their slumber. Man alive, what happened to this football team? I mean, it looked okay in the preseason. Yeah, preseason? You're not going to... You're not going to beat teams. You're not going to win the Grey Cup in the preseason, but you are going to formulate not only your game plan, but your roster. And from what we saw, both offensively and defensively, uh, SMH, we're all shaking our heads. At least I'm shaking my head. What has happened to this Tiger Cats defense? I don't have much of an issue with the front seven. I thought the front seven was solid tonight. I would have seen a few more sacks. But we got, uh, I think it was a couple. Chick got one. Capicotti got another one. And there was some pressure on Ricky ba- Ricky Ray, but uh, oh, 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 Ricky Ray, man alive. A career high. Now think about that for a second. Here's a 15-year CFL veteran. A career high 506 passing yards in this football game today. Torched the Tiger Cats secondary. Scorched them. He was sizzling tonight, as was, and holy cow, Montreal must be just beside themselves. I know it's only game one, but S.J. Green was absolutely on fire, especially in the first half of uh, today's ballgame. He not only made catches, he made spectacular catches. Around guys, over guys, he went through guys, one-handed catches, diving catches. He was the S.J. Green of old, never mind the torn ACL and MCL and PCL and meniscus. No, he is back and looks almost better than ever. What'd you make of the Ticats season opening game against the Argos? 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cellular device. You can email rick at 900chml.com. On Twitter at am900chml. At Rick Zamprin. Have a few emails streaming in, a few tweets coming down the pipe. Well, maybe let's begin with the uh, the scoring summary. In the 32 15 
beatdown that Toronto put on Hamilton here this afternoon and early evening. Liram Hiralahu had, uh, well, he had one heck of a ball game. One heck of a ball game. I know he missed three field goals. Two of them were blocked, but he also connected on five of eight field goal attempts. So he opened the scoring, uh, 8.43 to go in the first quarter with a 12-yard field goal. That was his 100th career trifecta, putting uh, Toronto up 3-0. His next field goal try was uh, blocked by Will Hill. That was a 47-yard attempt. The Ticats took over on their own 12-yard line. A bit of a scare there when Zach Caleros got sacked a couple of plays later. He fumbled the football, but the Cats did recover on their own five-yard line. A couple of plays later, Sergio Castillo had to uh, concede a safety, and Toronto ended the first quarter of play uh, leading Hamilton 5 to nothing. Second quarter uh, started out quite well for the Argonauts. Cody Fajaro, the uh, third-string quarterback for the Toronto Argonauts, Steamrolled his way into the end zone for a one-yard touchdown. It was 12-0 all of a sudden for the Toronto Argonauts. Cats finally got on the board as Castillo, uh, with a long punt single, made it 12-1. He then, about five minutes later, added a 34-yard field goal. His first in a Tiger Cats uniform this season. It was 12-4 for the Boatman. But Toronto came back. Hirolahu with a 46-yard field goal. 15-4. to uh, Richard Leonard, on a uh, Hiralahu 24-yard field goal attempt, scooped up a blocked field goal that uh, Will Hill swatted down again. Uh, Red- Leonard scooped it up and ran 84 yards for a touchdown. That made it 15-10. to Caleros hit uh, Tims for a two-point conversion. It was 15-12 at the half. It was a ball game at halftime. I mean, Hamilton didn't do much offensively in that first half. They had three first downs to Toronto's 12, and Hamilton had 62 total yards to Toronto's 248. So it was all Toronto, and there was a couple of touchdowns that Toronto receivers dropped. Fuller had one, and I don't remember who the other one. I think it was uh, Armonte Edwards and the other one. But they had two Potential touchdowns that they dropped. About at the halftime, 15-12. This was a ball game. Third quarter began just like, uh, well, the second quarter began. A quick TD, this time Ricky Ray, to uh, Devere Posey for a 79-yard touchdown. It was suddenly 22-12 for Toronto. 10-point spread. Hiralahu, with 6.34 to play in the third, made it 23-12. His 49-yard field goal attempt was wide right. Castillo put three more points on the board for the Tiger Cats. He was good from 35 yards away. 23-15 Toronto. Hiralahu, on the last play of the third quarter, smacked in a 50-yard field goal attempt to make it 26-15 for Toronto. Hiralahu, again, this one from 27 yards out, made it 29-15. Cassius Vaughn then picked off uh, Zach Caleros. That led to a a 10-yard trifecta by Hiralahu. 32-15, Hiralahu uh, 5 of 8 on the night. Zach Caleros uh, was also sacked by Cleon Lang, who not only 
uh, got the sack and forced the fumble, but recovered the fumble uh, uh, as well. That's a hat trick for Cleon Lang there. Sack, forced fumble, fumble recovery. Final score, Argos 32, Tiger Cats 15. It was not pretty uh, in a variety of aspects for the Toronto Argon- or for the uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats. For the Toronto Argonauts, no one really showed up at the football game. The announced crowd, I wrote it down here, 13,583. <sighs> what do you say? I was at the Toronto FC uh, soccer game on Friday night, and I think there was 27,000, and that place was hopping. 13,000 and change for today's season-opening football game. Hello, this is the start of the regular season, and not only that, the Ticats are playing their arch-rivals in the Tiger Cats. So you know the Cats are at least good for 10,000 fans. So I think we can legitimately say 3,000 Argos fans showed up. I don't know. doesn't make sense to me. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. We will leave the you know future of football in Toronto discussion to another day. Because I'm not sure what the answer is. But what I want to talk about is, A, your impressions of this Ticats team in game number one. And number two, what's your bigger worry? Is that the Ticats secondary, and I know there's a couple of injuries there, but man, you know what, we're going we're gonna to say this for the entire year. You know, but there's a, there's a couple of injuries. Every team's going to have injuries. Is it the Tiger Cats secondary that has you more worried, or the Ticats offensive line? That was Swiss cheese-like today. I mean, Jordan Swindle at right tackle, if that is the answer, he's going to have to roll up his sleeves. He's going to have to hike up his socks. Because that was not what we were expecting from a pro right tackle. Back to the drawing board, I think. Rick at 900CHML.com is the email address. Here's an email from Randy in Oakville. Hello, Rick. We have waited all off-season for the Tabbies in another fifth quarter. A lackluster performance and a disappointing day by the Cats. Yet the season is young, so no need to panic. Are the Tiger Cats suffering from the loss of Condell, Murray, Matthews, Sears, Washington? Not too much to cheer for in this one. Poor performance on defense coverage on passes. Caleros is frustrated. Not much protection for him. Near the end, he should have been pulled for risk reasons. Nice play by Richie Leonard uh, on the scoring block return. Not much in the way of success with C.J. Gable tonight. Emmanuel Davis still out. If I picked a cat player of the game, it's Will Hill. I really dislike picking an Argo player of the game, but it's clearly S.J. Green. Oh, I don't know if it's clearly S.J. Green, but I'll, I'll continue this email. Uh, Randy continues to write, uh, but it's early, and I hope Terrence Tolliver is not severely injured. The past year's injuries were horrendous. It's always bad to lose against the Argos. Hey, where were the fans? Lots of empty stands and sections. What saves my night is the Tiger Cats are back. I can have a nice post-football dinner. And yes, the fifth quarter and Rick are back. Oski Weeby. Same to you, Randy from Oakville. Great email to start us off here on the fifth quarter. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. All over Twitter as well, at AM900CHML and at Rick Samprin. Toronto 32, Hamilton 15. Val on Twitter 
says going to be a long, painful season. After all offseason, Val writes, long time until NFL cuts. <laughs> yes, they are. Those are going to come down in about uh, August or so. So, uh, well, we, we shall see. We shall see who is going to be cut. And if the Ticats are even interested in any of those uh, pro football players who are going to be available, they might not be. I wanted to get back to Randy's email as well. Uh, and not necessarily the uh, the SJ Green thing, because m- my player of the game is Ricky Ray. When you can throw for a career-high 506 yards in a football game, man, oh man, uh, you did something right. Ricky Ray gets my vote. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write down Randy's two votes. Will Hill, I think, is a very good pick. Uh, two blocked field goals on this day. And uh, S.J. Green for the Argonauts was absolutely phenomenal as well. We'll get to their stats uh, when we come back after the break in a couple of minutes. But I did want to read uh, this tweet as well. Uh, this is Dave. You do realize four or their starters are still hurt. It's the first game. They are known for slow starts to a season. You are delusional. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing he's referring to me, that I'm delusional. I'm not sure why I would be delusional at this point, because they're traditionally slow starters, so we should just anticipate and expect them to be 0-1 each and every year. I'm not sure it works like that. Uh, they won their last season opener last year at this time in Toronto, Against the Argos. Uh, obviously, two very different teams from last year to this year, but I think it just picked your point apart there. I think expectation as players, coaches, the franchise, the fans is uh, yeah, our team's going to win. Now, are they going to go 18 0? No. I think you, you should expect your team, if you're in that, in that thought of, uh, you know, we can challenge for a great cup, and I, I think this team is talented enough. To get to the Grey Cup, I think the expectation each and every week is oh, we got a good shot to win here. Why not? What was what was the glaring omission from this Tie Cats team, apart from the apart from the fact that they're quote unquote slow starters? I mean, throw that out the window. None of that matters. Every game is different. Every season is different. So this team hasn't won, you know, the majority of their season openers of the last 10, 15 years. It doesn't matter. It doesn't amount to a hill of beans. Every game is different. All right, when we come back, we're going to open up the phones here. Jack and Dave, stay on the line. We'll get to you. More tweets and emails as well. This is the fifth quarter on AM 900 CHML. Great to be back here in the fifth quarter on AM 900 CHML 2017. Let's hope it's a little bit better than 2016, where the Ticats made it to the East Division semifinal, only to be dispatched uh, by the Edmonton Eskimos. couple more steps, and this team will be back in the Grey Cup. But can they do it with the lineup they have, with what you saw today? Obviously, it's not an indication of how this season is going to go. It is one singular event. But uh, there are some question marks that I have. The secondary, again, yeah, I know there's a couple of injuries with Abdul Kane and Emmanuel Davis. The O-line, to me, man, oh, man, that was a big eye-opener. I thought they'd be a little bit better than that. We have a number of callers to get to, and let's start at the top of the deck with Jack. Hi, Jack. Welcome to the show. Hey, Rick. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Listen, you're not delusional, man. 
<laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks for the verification, Jack. You're quite welcome. In <laughs> fact, I think you're probably one of the best sports personalities in the city, and I really wish you were calling the games. But I appreciate that. You're welcome. Listen, uh, this team is not very good. Not and today think, they weren't, no. No, and, and I really think that the rest of the league has uh, caught up to the Kent Austin offense. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more, say, double tight end and C.J. running the ball. I'd like to also see Timmis. You know, we, we, we draft these guys, and, and rarely do we see them playing at their position. We see them on special teams. Mm-hmm. Now, Revenberg from last year, of course, is the exception. But by and large, you know, we draft these guys, and, you know, I, I'll, I'll correct myself because Jones played a pretty good game today as well. But by and large, you know, we draft these guys, and, and, and they come out of uh, the CIS, and they're, you know, somewhat superstars there. You know, fair enough. They're not going to be that in the CFL. But, my God, give them a chance. Like, look at some of the linebackers we've drafted. And then we switch them to a fullback or whatever it is, and they're playing – uh, special teams. I, I really wish the Cats would, would would use them at the regular positions, and and uh, and and let's see what they can do. You know, let's give Timmis, you know, three or four games that are, as a, as a running back, see mm-hmm. what he can do. We may have a mess him on our hands, for all we know. We, we could, know we, yeah. And we, the the question there, sorry to interrupt you, Jack, but the question there is: so if you do have a Mercer Timmis starting at tailback. Uh, that would obviously open up another position to put a an international or an American player. Uh, the question is, though, if Timmis starts and then he goes down with an injury, and we know this team in injuries, uh, then you really have to do some roster juggling. But I, I, I do get your point. There's some guys yeah. on this team who've been on the team for a couple of years where you'd like to see what they can do. Exactly, and and, and, and I agree. You know, if Timmis was our starting tailback and he went down, yeah, we'd have a problem. But, but still, I, I would love to see you know some of these Canadians actually playing in their positions. Other teams do it. Other teams draft very well. And, and look at that middle linebacker Calgary grabbed last year. Singleton, yeah, phenomenal uh, player, outstanding player, and and he was available. You know, anyway, you know what I think I, I, is that uh, Kent Austin has outlived his usefulness here. Uh, sure, I mean we were we've been a terrible team since uh, Bob Young took over. Not blaming Bob Young, mind you. But we have been a terrible team since he took over, what, in 2004, 2005, although we did go to two Grey Cups under Austin. But I, I, I really believe that Kent Austin has uh, has, has done his, the, the best job that he can. Hmm. And, and, I, and I think it's time that we moved on and had a more balanced offense. I'd love to see, uh, you know, maybe a, a 60-40 run ratio. Interesting you, know, you bring that up. Interesting you bring that up because I was doing some research and CFL wide, it's sixty-one thirty-nine past a run. I was yeah. I was surprised to hear that. What what is our ratio? Do you know? Well, let's take today as a microcosm, and and today's a little bit skewed because they did get blown out and they were playing catch up all game long. But they ran the ball seven times. They threw it thirty-nine times. Yeah. Like you remember last year, there were a couple of games when they started running. They started the game running. I think uh, maybe Labor Day or maybe against the Eskimos. They started the game running, and CJ was on fire. You know, ran for you know fifty, sixty yards in the first quarter, and then they never used them again the rest of the way. You yeah. know, like like this this cannot be. I mean, you live by the past, you die by the past, and 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 that's that's happened. And and you know, I I, I really am tired of the Kent Austin regime. I was very happy when he came, and, and he did some good things when he got here. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think that he's outlived his usefulness, um, and, and it's probably time to move on. And, and 
I don't know. It's it's very disappointing. Uh, you know, I'm a Tiger Cat fan, and you know, I, I, I'd love to see them do better, but I, I, I think they've gone as far as they're going to go under this regime. Appreciate the comment and fair comment as well. Who's your player of the game? My player of the game would probably be uh, S.J. Green for the Argos. Okay. You know, and oh, actually, let me change that. I'm going to change it to Mark Tressman. <laughs> okay. You, you know, hey, hey, listen, this guy is an outstanding individual. Do you agree with that? I, I totally agree with that. You know, like here's a guy that's been in the NFL and he was head coach of the Chicago Bears and, and he's come back. And what was his first comment when he was hired? I love the CFL. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a Canadian, you, you love to hear that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and who, who wouldn't when you win great cups almost every year? Well, true enough, but never, but nevertheless, yeah. you know, like it, it's so easy to say the CFL is bush league compared to the NFL and blah blah blah. But you know what? It, it's uh, it's really nice to have a guy like uh, Mark Tressman and Marv Levy was also of the same. That's right, from the same cloth. You know, that's right. You know, never never disparage the CFL. Always said positive things about it, and uh, you know. I, 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 I have a lot of respect for, for Mark Trestman and uh, kind of wish we had him. <laughs> <laughs> well God said. I love you, Rick. Take thanks, thanks, Jack. Uh, hey, I was just, I was really uh, a little bit worried. I didn't hear you on the preseason. I thought, oh, my God, don't tell me the fifth quarter's finished. No, we are, we are back. Regular season we begin, and away we go. So happy. Appreciate the call. Take care. You too. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. We have Milsey, we have Mike, and now we have Dave from Stony Creek. Hey, Dave, how are you? Uh, glad to have you back, Rick. Thank you. I think uh, the offensive line and the uh, defensive uh, secondary was terrible in equal measure. Yes. Uh, I think the offensive line would concern me more because you can't run if you don't have an offensive line. You can't protect your quarterback without an without an offensive line. And thus, you don't have an offense. And if you have a weak secondary, <laughs> well, you know, it goes from there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, We've seen that story before. Yeah, I think I don't think, you know, I, I know I agree that 100% is only one game. But just watching that game, it seems like we haven't really corrected any of the weaknesses we had last year. I mean, I could be wrong at this point, but it, that's what it would appear to me to be by watching that game uh, in front of, uh, oh, that's an optimistic number, 13,000. I'd be surprised if there were that many there. But yeah, I'm not buying that either. No, me or my. Um, player of the game would be Hill. Okay. Me. Um, you know, I'm not going to pick an Argo. I can't do that. <laughs> that's Okay. Um, so yeah, and we have—I don't know who we brought in. I mean, a lot of other teams seem to have brought in players. I don't know if we just don't have the scouting or uh, salary cap issues. I'm not sure, but uh, hopefully things get better. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. But uh, you know, um, after today's game, it's hard to be really uh, optimistic at this point. Sure. Appreciate the call, Dave. No problem. Thank you. Nine zero five six four five three two two one star nine nine hundred on your smartphone. Uh, Dave uh, questioning you know some of the big free agents that Hamilton did bring in this off season. Number one, I think we can all agree that Will Hill is a baller. I think he's going to be an impact guy on this defense. Certainly was today with two blocked field goal attempts, and I thought was solid in defense. Uh, the other major, I guess, free agent acquisition would be Abdul Kane, uh, great halfback with the uh, Ottawa Red Blacks over the last uh, three, four seasons, a Grey Cup winner, obviously, last year. And uh, I guess you can say Emmanuel Davis is a free agent acquisition because he did test free agency for uh, a day or so. Uh, but he's back in black and gold uh, once again. Those two guys not in action today as uh, they were both uh, still on the injured list. Uh, tweets from Brad at Rick Zamprin at AM900CHML. Uh, says Zach was way off. Austin didn't seem like he was even there. In fact, very few of the cats seemed there. Uh, tweet from ArgosFans.com on the player of the game. And they are going with Mr., as they call him, Mr. 
Ricky Ray. So that's two votes for Ray and Hill, one vote for S.J. Green, and one vote for Mark Tressman. Uh, as for player of the game, Chris tweets, uh, Go train conductor for getting us out of there ASAP. <laughs> that's a first. We've never had a go train conductor being our fifth quarter uh, player of the game. Uh, but he's a player. He plays a role. Uh, let's go back to the phones, and uh, Mike is on the line. Mike from Mississauga. How are you? How are you doing? I'm good. Yourself? Not too bad. Uh, yeah, just watching that game, and, uh, you know, it just looks like that uh, Kent's bringing in people that are just going to be his yes-men. Um, you know, I, I, I love everything that he did. He, I mean, I hated Cortez, so when he came in, it was it was a breath of uh, fresh air, but... Um, now, when you, you know, say yes, men, are you talking about his assistant coaches? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, you know, a, a few times that even Zach was getting frustrated with him, and you know, if if, if Zach is getting frustrated with him, and that's that's going to be our franchise, that's our future, mm-hmm. then um, you know, we 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 have some some things to question. Uh, your past callers have been talking about Will Hill and, and how good he was. Well, you know, that was that was a guy that was was told he's too old and. and uh, to play in the NFL, so or or not good enough to play in the NFL. So we have players on our negotiating list that are the same. You know, we have Kapnick, we have Manzel, we have RG three. Um, but do you really think that if we brought those guys in, that they would uh, be able to sit there and, and listen to, to Ken Austin? You know, kind of be all over them as a coach. I I don't think so. Um, you know, and I, I I'm not saying that Ken Austin has has to go, but you know, right now if we have if we have a uh, Barker and Milanovic that are still available for jobs. Um, you know, we we have to start thinking about that. I I would say I would say something to your uh, you know yes man comment. I think all assistants at the end of the day, and I've I, you know I haven't been in the meeting rooms, but I've been around assistants and head coaches and how they relate to each other. And maybe this is different behind closed doors, but a lot of assistants, a lot of coordinators are in fact. Yes, men. They they know their role. They know the head coach is the man. They also know that Kent Austin is not only the head coach, but he was once the general manager, and he still is the vice president of football operations. So he is the really the head honcho. He's the president, uh, even though he's not the president, but the VP of football ops. So he's in charge of everything on the field. Um, so I can understand why they would be a little yes man. I, I think they do challenge him from time to time. You're never going to see that on the sideline, though. And if you do, the guy would be out, and that would be you know a true story for any football team. But uh, you know they have they have some work to do. Yeah, it's game number one. Um, let's hope Terrence Tolliver's injury is not that serious, although it looks like to be one of those. Um, as I said, they got some work to do. Let's see how they do after this football game. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Rick. I think. Uh... No, there, there, there's things that, that they got to do. Maybe bringing in some new players, but, you know, I believe in Zach. I always have. Um, but I'm just starting to, you know, starting to lose faith in, in Kent and the systems. We're not doing every, – every offensive play we have, we don't have that check down play, you know, for that, for that easy five yards where every other team does. Um, and, you know, he's getting frustrated. We can't keep blaming the offensive line. He's a very good quarterback. I think if we, if he was a quarterback for any other team, he'd be doing, he'd be doing like real good things with them. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't. I you know I don't want to get rid of rid of Kent and start blaming Kent. But you know someone someone has to start getting blamed soon because this is a team that went from Great Cup for two straight years and uh, you know now it's uh, it, it's slowly uh, unwinding. So Mike, appreciate the call. Who, who's your player of the game? 
Player game was Will Hill. Will 100%. Hill. 100%. That's right. 100%. I thought that was in, in, the, in the two preseason, preseason games. And, uh, you know, even if it wasn't for the block punts, he still did his thing on defense. And, uh, uh, yeah, Will Hill for sure. Good stuff. Thanks, Mike. Take care. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. When we come back, Milsey, Jeff, emails, tweets, it's burning up. This is the fifth quarter on AM 900 CHML. And it wasn't a very good game by the Ticats standards. They fall to the Toronto Argonauts tonight, 32-15. to My name's Rick Samprin. This is the fifth quarter on AM 900 CHML. Huge thanks to our new sponsor for this 2017 season, Rob Golfie with Remax Escarpment Realty and the Golfie team. Thumbs up to Rob and the Golfie team. Rick at 900CHML.com is the email address. Uh, send me your thoughts on tonight's football game and what you think of the 2017 Tiger Cats thus far. You can tweet your thoughts or vote for your player of the game at Rick Samprin at AM900CHML or call us up 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. We will announce before all is said and done tonight the player of the game and we will name our fifth quarter fan of the night. Email from Dave. Looks like a repeat of last year. Weaknesses appear not to have been corrected. Tolliver, a big loss. Too early to pass judgment on the whole season, but I'm not optimistic. This email from Joe. Hey, Rick, I was at the game today, came down from Niagara Falls, and was excited to have CFL football back, but man, that was uh, a disappointing way to start it off. Hopefully, Tolliver is okay, and maybe the second buy, uh, the second week buy, might pay off. I'm not sure how I feel about the overall team. The offense looked rough, and the defense, well, let's just say we are missing Kane and Davis big time. Congrats to Ray for a great game, and to pick a player, mine is S.J. Green, the guy only needed one hand. Uh, being a season ticket holder for the Cats, it's just sad looking at the attendance for Toronto. To end on a positive note, let's hope they can regroup and start to play better as a team. Take care, Joe, from Niagara. One more uh, email to get to. This one from KG. Hi, hooray, I'm for the other team. Tiger Cat team equals amateurs. Uh, that's a little harsh, but uh, hey, that's uh, that's why we have this show. You can voice your opinion. You can vent. You can make your uh, voice heard. Let's go back to the phones at 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. Milsey's on the line, our good friend Milsey. How are you? Hey, it's been a long off-season. Are you on your way home from Toronto? As a matter of fact, no. We had company come in here today, and we had to park it in the house. I watched the game downstairs, <laughs> and all I could see was this cloud, gray cloud over Toronto, and I'm thinking, okay, this game's over. I got to get in the backyard and find some sun because <laughs> it was terrible yeah. down there. And you know what? It's really good. It's taken all of uh, what twenty minutes you've been on the air now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. already. It's Thirty-five to be exact, still, but that's okay. Still rocks better than anything else out there, Rick. It's exciting to have you back on. Thanks. I'm glad it happened. Got a couple of questions. Okay. Okay. Jeff Reinbold, he's going to have to learn the hard way about mm-hmm. his defensive line. I feel sorry for him. I think he's a good coach. I think he's dynamic, exciting. Uh, but I think he, the learning curve, he's got a week off. Something tells me he's really going to be reflecting on that front four that's coming uh, at whatever offense. Uh, player of the game, I want to say Ricky Ray, right off the bat. This guy came out of nowhere. Uh, he was given confidence by his head coach. Uh, going into the season, and he really showed it. He lit it up, threw the ball over the place. There was nobody that didn't um, 
uh, get a ball off Ricky. Uh, I kind of wondered. I, I got to ask your opinion on this one. Okay, I didn't think, and he always seems to start slow. The last three years, I, I always think he starts slow. I think we're going to be fine this year. But um, Zach, he, okay, the front line sucked today. <laughs> yes. He, he by himself. That's putting it mildly, but yes. <laughs> he by himself, I didn't think had a stellar game, but I always find he starts slow. Why wouldn't they throw Masoli in and just mess things up for a little bit? Yeah, I mean, they did on those short yardage things, but I, I know what you're saying. Throw throw him in for a series or two and, and get Zach back you know, to the sideline to have that different view, which we've seen uh, not only Austin, but other coaches in the league do, and, and that can be effective. The thing for me, at least today, was that I'm not sure it, it mattered who was playing quarterback for the Cats. I think I think he could have switched quarterbacks today, had Ray play for Hamilton, Caleros for Toronto, and you would have probably had the same result, really. I mean, Caleros didn't have a lot of time back there. And when he did, I mean, he was feeling the heat. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And uh, I thought to myself, okay, now, we had an offensive coordinator. One of, uh, one of the other guys touched on uh, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, and how they're yes-men. And I, I understood where you were coming from. I always hoped that it wasn't the case. I always hoped it would be the voice of dissent. I'm going to be the guy because I'm, I'm your backup. I'm, I'm the guy that's there with you. Mm-hmm. That's going to get in your face if I don't like what I see and make you think about alternatives. And maybe that's why I thought we had a pretty good offensive coordinator a couple of years ago. And now he's in T.O. Mm-hmm. Is what, there something there? Well, yeah, because, you know, at the time it was, you know, Tommy Condell was leaving for family reasons, and lo and behold, you know, a year and a half or a year or whatever it was later, he's, he's on the sideline of, of your arch enemy. Uh, yeah. So something happened there. Both sides are keeping their lips uh, rather firm and not saying what transpired, but w- we can all read between the lines and, and yeah. know that there was some kind of dissension or something happened, and uh, they agreed to part, you know, to part ways. It's true. Devon Coleman had a great game. I thought our defensive uh, front four really looked good. Our, our D-backs, uh, okay, they got to go back to school. It just did not look pretty, and... I didn't see a whole lot of adjustments as far as the defensive backs go or what we were going to do to try and stop the long ball because uh, Ricky Ray looked great. Just All he had to do was throw the ball deep, yeah. and it was great. I, I felt sorry for Luke Tasker. Tasker, I thought, played a, a pretty good game when he, when he was involved with the exception of that one deflection that with the interception, yeah. Well, he had seven catches for 77 yards. I mean, that's, that's nothing to sneeze at, especially when your offense is struggling. Oh, it was sad. So i got to ask you, whatever happened to Orlando Steinauer and Justin Medlock? Uh, well, Medlock is, <laughs> Medlock's now with Winnipeg. Steinauer is now in the NCAA. <laughs> but, yeah, well, we missed those two guys already. Although Castillo was good today. Yes. Well, he, he I, I'm not knocking the kicking. But I found it really hurt us last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's going to be a long season this year. Castillo looked good this uh, game. I'm not knocking him at all. I just I look at some of the decisions management went, uh, have made. Our offensive coordinator that was very good is gone. Our defensive coordinator is down south. And Jeff Reinball is, a, uh, Reinball is super. He's got a learning curve there. And... 
I look at decisions that were made, and I see Medlock gone, and I go, how could you let the best kicker in CFL history mm-hmm. go walking? Money talks, and you know what walks. You, know, <laughs> you know, So he went for a stroll. Yeah, so I miss Medlock, I miss Steinauer, yeah. I miss our offensive coordinator, and I got to think, we got to look at, I'm not saying that he's got to go, but we got to talk to Kent and say, hey, look, you're going to start working as a team here. You know, not so much as the authoritarian figure. Hmm. I don't know how you feel about that. I'm going to listen. What do you think? Well, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll say goodbye. Thank you for the call, and I'll uh, make my thoughts known on that. Uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm not inside the meeting rooms. I don't know how Kent acts, but, you know, I get the sense, and I think all the fans do, that it's, you know, it's, and as every head coach across the land, it's their way or the highway. I mean, really. This this is my game plan. This is my offensive philosophy. Uh, he said it plain as day last year when he brought in Steph Potasic as the offensive coordinator. Uh, no, we're we're running my playbook. This is this is the offense I constructed. This is mine. Uh, we are going to run this, and uh, and that's the way it is. And I can almost guarantee that's the way it is with ninety nine point nine percent of the head coaches. It, uh, they're the ones that are going to take the initial fall if their if their team starts. You know, 0-6, 0 8 10 whatever the case is, the head coach is the first guy to go. You know, they're not getting rid of, you know, 40 players. Hey, let's just get, let's just obliterate our lineup. No, it's the head coach. So, as I said, most of them, the overwhelming majority, are going to command that uh, authoritative kind of stance because they are going to be the fall guy, ultimately, when things go down. Uh, Jeff from Hamilton has been waiting patiently on the line. Jeff, how are you? Not bad, Rick. How are you? Not too bad. Thanks for calling the fifth quarter. Okay. Um, I just think I think Toronto had the clear advantage going in today with Condell being there. Okay. With the history him and Austin have together, not only in CFL but down in college, right? Because he brought him up from the States, right? Yeah, they both came from Cornell, yeah. <clears throat> the inside knowledge he has on what, what Austin's going to run and his teams, everything, he, just, uh, just the information he had alone. They knew exactly what was going to happen today, and they did. And they, they made us look like fools out there, right, for the most part. <clears throat> but I think that was a big part of what happened today. Okay. Uh, what's more concerning to you, the offensive line and the way they played today or the secondary and the way they played today? Offensive line. they got you got to protect him. He's got to be protected no matter what. Yeah. He was getting beat up, and he's not going to last the whole season again if this keeps happening. Not, right? Yeah, not if he takes the beating like he did today. Nope. Jeff, who's your player of the game? S.J. Green, hands down. All right, yeah, he had a great game. Oh, yeah. Great player. And nice to see a guy like that back on the field. Yeah. Even, oh, though, yeah, he's, even know, though he's with Toronto. All those guys noticing today, though, so many guys from Toronto or uh, Montreal, like S.J. Green, Bear Woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't Whitaker in Montreal? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah, for you years. Know, a lot of Hamilton guys over there, too. Right? So, <laughs> I know. Rico Murray, Johnny Sears, Cassius yeah. Vaughn. Yeah, uh, you know, this goes on. Like, I was like, oh, we're so used to hearing these guys playing for us, and yeah. <laughs> completely switched around. But, well, yeah, good, good, good for them that they're still in the league and and uh, you know making an Im- in impact. Jeff, thanks yeah. for the call. Thanks. All right, nine zero five six four five three two two one star nine nine hundred on your cellular device. You can email Rick at nine hundred chml dot com or uh, tweet us your player of the game vote your thoughts on today's game. Rick at nine hundred chml dot com or no, that's the email address, 
at Rick Samprin or at AM900CHML on Twitter. Andrew from Grimsby is called in. Andrew, how are you? Hey, Rick. How are you, bud? I'm okay. Yourself? Good, thank you. Uh, you know, I, I just don't understand the team. Like, uh, that, that right tackle, Swindle, was beat the whole game. Like, it, it like, didn't even look like he knew any techniques to block somebody. Like, that was troubling. They were coming into the outside, and, and he wasn't even in position to, to bowl, like, to, to, to be in pass protection. He was always reactive. And I don't understand how they didn't even try to put somebody else out there in that spot. Well, here are their options for, for doing that, at least today, because obviously they set their lineup. You can't grab somebody off the practice roster or even the injured list to say, all right, now you go in. Uh, so their other three backup linemen uh, was Everton Williams, who is right now a backup center and a converted D lineman, Landon Rice, who is a career right or left guard, so he, he doesn't really play tackle, although if he had to, I guess he would try, uh, and Braden Schramm, who's a draft pick and, you know, as green as you can get. Uh, apart from that, uh, you can put Swindle inside and maybe throw Bombin on right tackle or Revenberg out there. But again, how effective is Swindle going to be now at a position that he's not accustomed to playing? So I just think that either A, he's got to get better in a hurry, or B, they got to put somebody else there. There was a play towards the end of the game where um, uh, Sean Lemon made a spin move on Swindle and he didn't quite get around Swindle, but just the spin move confused Swindle to no end that he just fell down because he was his footwork just was not there, and that is troubling. And you think like they would practice this because they watch tape, like the, like the defensive coordinator. And I'm not saying Ryan Bold was at any fault. Um, I mean, the offensive lineman coach. But you think that they watched tape to, to figure out how all these same players were all in the league last year. And you'd think they would have some kind of thing saying if they go inside, you know, this is what you have to do. Like, I just don't, I just don't understand it. It's frustrating. They, they do, without a doubt. I mean, the way the week works is you're going to practice for three or four days. You're going to have your on-field session. You go into the meeting room. You break down the film. You see what they do. And then you coordinate or you scheme what your game plan is going to be from an offensive standpoint. And the next day you practice that and, you know, you, you repeat it throughout the week. Come game time, you know the game plan like the back of your hand. The only thing you don't know is what the other team is going to do at a particular point. There are some tendencies here and there and everywhere. But uh, the fact of the matter is that, uh, you know, there's a big question mark when every play begins. And that's the fun of football. I don't want to hog your time. I just have one more thing I want to say. Yeah, go ahead. You know, I noticed like our offense for the last three years, we throw within the box. So we throw it in the inside to Tasker generally, yep. into fan twos. And all they did, they were totally prepared. They had all their three linebackers sitting back in the box. And we never threw out to the sidelines until like the third quarter where we're throwing out to Jones because mm-hmm. Oliver was hurt. And I think, I don't understand how they can't make that adjustment throughout the game. Like, it took them to the third quarter to realize, okay, we've got to start throwing it to the outside. That's the most frustrating thing with any football game plan, is that you, you scheme for an opponent, you think it's going to work, it doesn't work, and I think coaches sometimes get stuck to say, no, this is going to work. Let's just keep doing it. Well, and I think that was the case today. <laughs> I would have given it up pretty soon. <laughs> I would have said, all right, let's try something else. Yeah, thank you very much, Rick. Yeah. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. We have a few minutes left here on the fifth quarter. We're going to wrap it up just before 8 o'clock. Uh, coming up at 8, by the way, Raceline Radio with Eric Thomas. A couple of emails to get to from Lisa and Alan. We'll get to those. Hopefully more of your calls and a few more tweets to get to as well. This is the fifth quarter on AM 900 CHML.
We've broken it down. Rick Samprin here with Lurskin on the other side of the glass. Thumbs up to him for producing tonight's fifth quarter. Uh, 32-15. Argo is beating the Tiger Cats today. Hamilton 0-1. Oh, Toronto 1-0. and oh. We'll recap the entire week that was in the Canadian Football League and the week ahead. Tiger Cats will be on the bye week in week number two. Yeah, that's a quick bye. They'll also have the bye week uh, just before Labor Day, and that is week number 10. Uh, 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. Some uh, final thoughts that uh, you can make on today's Tiger Cats season opening loss. You can also email rick at 900chml.com. Lisa did. She emailed, uh, hi, Rick. Nice to hear you on the fifth quarter, as it has been some time since our last regular season game. Uh, Ricky Ray and Tressman were out today to make a statement that they are the beasts of the East. They definitely look like it today. It is just nice to get the season started and keep Zach healthy all season. Cheers, and let's not panic just yet. Lisa from Niagara Falls, New York. Alan, also on email, writes, uh, Hey, Rick, it's Alan from St. Catharines. What a crappy game. I think Toronto manhandled us on offense. Caleros was sacked how many times tonight? I think we need an offensive tackle. Swindle was getting beaten almost every play. We need to find something better. You could tell how much Caleros was getting frustrated, even swearing going off the field. On the bright side, Will Hill had a great game. Devon Coleman had a great game. John Chick was great, too. Our defensive backfield was hurting today, but we don't have Abdul Kane and Emmanuel Davis. Craig Butler, I thought Richard Leonard had some sparks, but he is no Kane or Davis. I think the player of the game is Ricky Ray. He has proven that he still has it in him. Uh, Mark Cressman, being coach, uh, plays a big factor in Toronto's success this year. This season, I think all the teams improved in the offseason. It was evident in week one with all the games so close. What a birthday today for Kent Austin. I'm not going to panic, but my biggest concern is their offensive line. Good to have another season of the fifth quarter. Allen from St. Catharines. Thanks for the kind words, Allen. Uh, 32-15 was by far and away the most lopsided game in week number one. The three previous games to this one were decided by a grand total of four points. Montreal beat Saskatchewan in the season opener on uh, Thursday, 17-16. Friday night, an overtime thriller between the defending champion Red Blacks and the team they beat in the Grey Cup last season, Calgary. That ended in a 31-31 tie. And then last night, another uh, roller coaster of a game between Edmonton and B.C. in Vancouver, where the Eskimos beat the Lions 30-27. to And, uh, well, today, again, the most lopsided game of the week, Toronto beating Hamilton 32-15. to uh, Joel on Twitter writes, Hill 3 for his player of the game. Mike on Twitter, at Rick Samprin, tweets, a rough start, need those DBs back from injury real bad. Will Hill is the player of the game. Jimmy on Twitter, at Rick Samprin, tweets, I'm not ready to panic just yet. Toronto is a good team, and we just got outplayed. We'll bounce back next week. Hashtag Ticats. And uh, Footy Boy tweets, uh, Hamilton usually starts slow at the beginning of the season. 0-2 every year. Player of the game is Will Hill. Will had a uh, a great uh, CFL start to, or start to his CFL career today with two blocked field goals. Uh, he was a man on a mission to say, hey, uh, this is my coming out party. Also had seven defensive tackles. That was second on the Tiger Cats. Uh, Justin Rogers at eight. 
And uh, Will Hill also had a special teams tackle uh, in this uh, football game. As for Caleros, he was sacked uh, five times today. That's not a good stat. That's not a number you want to see at the end of any football game. I was sacked five times today. Uh, Victor Butler had two. Cleon Lang had two. And Johnny Sears had one as well. Caleros also fumbled. Uh, that was uh, courtesy of the Cleon Lang sack. And uh, Lang also not only f- caused the fumble, but recovered the football, uh, the football as well. And uh, Victor Butler also had a forced fumble uh, as well for the Tiger Cats. Courtney Stephen, Devon Washington, Chris Davis, all in that secondary as well, also had four defensive tackles. And uh, sacks for the Tiger Cats, I believe there was three. I had marked down three of them. Uh, Justin Capicotti, John Chick, and uh, Devon Coleman. Yes, there were three Tiger Cats with sacks on the night. Quick stats, uh, Zach Caleros, 26 of 39, 242 yards and an interception. C.J. Gable ran the ball five times for nine yards. Jeremiah Masoli was two for seven. And uh, receiving-wise, Tasker, seven catches for 77 yards. Mike Jones, four for 70. Brandon Banks, three for 29. For the Argonauts, Ricky Ray, 32 of 41, 506 passing yards, a career high. He had a touchdown as well. Brandon Whitaker ran the ball nine times for 21 yards. James Wilder, three for nine. And receiving, Devere Posey, uh, seven catches, 147 yards, and a TD. That was a 79-yarder. S.J. Green had seven catches for 124 yards. Jeff Fuller had three receptions for 104 yards. He could have had a touchdown as well. He dropped an easy catch, easy post pattern. And uh, Armonte Edwards had six receptions for 78 yards. Uh, the uh, the most experienced, or at least in, a, in an Argos uniform, uh, Anthony Coombs, four receptions for 29 yards. Hiram Leharahu uh, had uh, five field goals. He was five for eight on the night, a long of 50. And uh, Sergio Garcia, or Sergio Garcia. <laughs> no, we're not talking golf. Sergio Castillo was, uh, what did I mark him down here? Two for three? Do, 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 do. Castillo, two for two. Good from uh, 35 and uh, from 34. So not a bad start for Sergio Castillo. And uh, punting the football, he averaged 42.8 per punt. Not a bad debut for uh, Castillo. Let's hope, fingers crossed, that Terrence Tolliver is uh, okay. Because if he is, this Ticats offense will look uh, that much better. Uh, Coming up into week two, Ottawa is in Calgary this week. BC visiting Toronto. Montreal heads to Edmonton. And Saskatchewan entertains Winnipeg. Montreal and uh, Toronto both 1-0 on the season. Ottawa has a tie. Ticats winless. Uh, BC and Saskatchewan both with losses. Uh, Calgary with a tie, Edmonton leading the West with one victory. Again, big thumbs up to Will Erskine, our producer tonight. We'll be back after uh, the Week 3 game in Saskatchewan in the early morning hours of Sunday, July the 9th, even though the game is on Saturday, July the 8th. We'll be here on the fifth quarter. Our fan of the night is Jack, the first caller in. Thank you, Jack. And our player of the game is Will Hill. Thanks for listening to the fifth quarter on AM 900 CHML.